Okay, and we are back. Welcome, His and Her Roots, Others of the Black Experience. We talking about something that everyone, of course, is aware of. It has affected us in some way, shape, or form. Half of us are out here with the mask and the gloves and the sanitizer. COVID-19. We are in August 1, and let's just say cases are rising. People ain't listening. And now, here we are, then weeks and days away from school. So, of course, I got Khalif and Dominique on this spot you know on this podcast and, and we just about to go into it because i don't know about y'all but this is affecting us um as educators and innovators in our communities um so i'm gonna dive in right to we do have a special guest but i'm gonna let him get an introduction of some sort um but yeah we just want to dive right into it COVID 19 and how it's affecting us and how violence is going up in our communities we don't know how we don't know what's going on and how people are feeling, but let's just say being in the house for too long, folks is mad, they pissed off and not right. These days, I'm guessing in the midst of having masks on, they also got guns. So, let's get it right into it. Hi everyone, um, this is Dominique. Uh, we have a special guest, uh, Elijah. Uh, so, you want to introduce yourself? Yes, um... My name is Elijah. Uh, I'm from the Philadelphia area, 25 years old. I'm happy to be here on the podcast for the first time. That's really all. <laughs> all okay, okay. Right welcome, yeah. welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome. All right, so how do you guys, we have a couple educators at the table. Um, so Four. how do y'all feel about, and we got parents at the table too. <laughs> so how do y'all feel about children going to school um if philly is, is even opening the school at one point they was supposed to open the school half online half in person but at another point they um they changed their minds people is mad people was like uh whatever so as parents and as educators how do y'all feel about our kids having to go to school in this climate i don't like it um but i'm not i'm also not sure if Zoom calls and Zoom classes are the answer. Yeah, Google um, Classroom. I think that. we need the parents more than we have ever needed them at this point in time. I think they're very important. Um, not only being a parent, but also being a teacher. It's it's cool to see um, when you when you log into a Zoom to teach and you see the students. You also get to see like which parents are invested in the kids and which parents really need to kind of like step their game up and help their ch- children because I feel like we they're not going to be able to survive um, as far as education goes without help from the parents. Uh, they need to be like known by the parents because the teachers are not necessarily there um, able to physically touch them during that time, able to physically see them. Um, so I'm not sure how, if I like both. If I like any of it, it's just... It's an unfortunate situation. I feel like it. There's nothing like seeing your teacher in the actual classroom, like when you get up in the morning and go to school. So that part I don't like. And Zooms is just like, if you're a people person, it can be very difficult. Like for me, to to see my students on Zoom and not necessarily be able to, you know, physically give them a hug or physically talk to them face to face, um, it's it's a little bit sad for me. Um, but we're working with it the best we can. Uh, but it's just, it's very unfortunate for me. So what would be your solution? I think it has to be a combination of many different things. Uh, just like when you teach. When you teach, you, 
you might teach something like whole group, but then there's individual groups within that class that need to be taught differently, right? Because some people, the Zoom is just not working for certain kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really, I understand it because I don't know if I would be able to do Zoom as a kid. Like I, yeah. After five, ten minutes, I'm checking out. Like, I'm going to turn the Xbox on, I'm going to turn the PS4 on, and I'm going to start playing the game. Like, because it's not someone physically there to hold you accountable. Yeah. You can turn your camera off if you want to while you're on Zoom. Like, can't really, it's not, you, you, can, you only held accountable um, a cert, to a certain level. Um, it's really difficult, but I'm not sure. Uh, I really think that it's, it's just unfortunate. Um, it's hard. Zoom is the best option at the moment, but I don't think, like, how effective is Zoom, the Zoom calls? I mean, I don't know what you guys think about it. Or if you ever experienced one or been on one. Yeah. Um, whether it's at your job or even with educating children. What do you guys think? How do you think? Wait, does somebody say my name? Okay, let me jump right in. Okay, because I was waiting for my moment. <laughs> I was waiting for a window because I don't know when I was going to jump in. All right, I'm going to get into a couple of things. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get right into it. As a parent, it is a hard ask to, enga- to teach my child what a, a teacher who has went through four years and some internships and everything else to educate my child, who has a curriculum on their end, who, what, you know, who had been engaged in how to engage the youth. And they did not, for some strange reason, even in 2020, these new educators and even educators who have been in the game for 20 years are not using technology at the rate in which we think. So although our, everything is happening around us, iPhones, Fitbits, everything to think of, right? Things where you can see each other. Somehow education is slow to the draw. Like it's slower than it, than I think it should be. So as far as how it shocked everybody once COVID happened, somehow teachers was trying to figure out their buttons. They didn't know how to get the, 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 teach the student in. Somehow they wanted parents who don't have printers and scanners to, to make work happen. Like within, I don't know, hours, by the end of the day, by five when you're still trying to teach your kid how to actually log on and log off to Zoom. That's one. Mm. Two is, with me saying that this is a hard ask for parents, I want to challenge the teachers in going, what can you do differently? As far as the districts, you're now in Philadelphia here, it sounds like things are changing almost every day, but students are not being brought back to school in-person instruction until the latter half of the year. We're talking December. So now we're talking the holiday. So now you got young people who are not, you know, all the things they look forward to, excited about, will not happen in a traditional sense. But that somehow in December, when the holidays is going on, I don't know, just that time of the year is a rough time to engage anybody, hell, anybody, mm-hmm. and um, to be productive, right? I, I, I worked in higher ed and have an interest in returning to higher ed, but have found by December, a lot of us are checked out. We're in yep. vacay mode. Students are on and off campus. Find it news. is unlikely that you will find a faculty who is available all the time. It does become very online real fast um, with emails and that sort of thing. So I just think it's an interesting ask and an interesting way of looking at education and going, it needs to evolve. It has not evolved. This is the test. And if we fail, we're failing our children. I'm going to touch on the higher ed part because as a student, um, as a grad student, um, (laughs) working full time, but then also being in class part time, it's been 
really challenging for me. Um, I never right. took an online class until COVID. And Which right says a lot. The, it says a lot about And education. I don't like online classes. Um, <laughs> wait, wait, wait. So stop. Why don't you like online classes? Because it's hard for me to focus. Me, at, in order for me to be productive, yeah. in order for me to actually learn something, I have to physically be in the class. I have to ask questions. I have to talk Engage to with peers. Your peers. And, right. You know, I have to do those things because that's what I've been taught for 12 years so to do, you, do those things. Right. A traditional like, Do you feel like you had, you've had to... Um, tap into like a different psyche like mental yeah. space to be able to do it yeah i did you know but i had to take but it depends though right mm-hmm. like if you don't have the the home to tap in to the different mental spaces right. if your home is a, in a certain way like our children who don't have the space they don't have the outdoor backyard not all excuse me let me be clear not all have this place where they can check out and be alone mm-hmm. some share a room many mm-hmm. don't have desks what about a desktop yeah, and he lives in environments so, where people blast the music outside. And, right. <laughs> it, it just. So look, so yeah. I, I asked her that question specifically mm-hmm. to say like, if Dominique's a grown adult and she's having like, she doesn't like online classes. Like, imagine how the children feel. Yeah. Like when you when I'm putting something ten up times on, worse. When, but, when my supervisor mm-hmm. tells me to put something up on Google Classroom, I'm like, I'm like, I'm gonna put it up there. But at the same time, it's so hard for me to expect this child to actually. But they're, they're self monitor, right? Like, they're know, leaning they're, on the fact that the children of today are more technology savvy. Uh, so this for us to be challenged by COVID, and then technology to now have to be our best friend. They're now depending on the children to be able to educate the parents and everyone around them because they're tech savvy, not realizing yeah. what was considered tech savvy to us in our generations is not the same thing. Um, the children do, did not do Google Classroom. If they were quote unquote tech savvy, they can do some videos, they can do some TikToks, yeah. you know, they can do that kind of thing. But I don't That's think not... when we think of tech savvy for our young generation of today that we are thinking of the same thing. Yeah, yeah. for certain, because I know for a certain, like, tech savvy. I don't know if that means you mean... use a keyboard. I don't know. Tech savvy. That, that, that means you, <laughs> it don't mean you work at IT. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't know what they think that five is... out here doing. I, I feel like they, when they say tech savvy, that means they use the electronics more often than what it was used. Right, but it doesn't, but it doesn't mean, mean that it's, it translates right. to education mm-hmm. at all. Because most of the time they're using the education, they're not using. I mean, when they're when they're using the, the devices, yeah. they're not using it for education purposes. Or mm-hmm. if they are, it's, it's for fun, of, it's, it's for entertainment, fun. it's, it's to like socialize that. with each other outside yeah. of the classroom where they are stressed, <laughs> where things yeah. are happening that they get to choose their friends, they get to choose what they see mm-hmm. when they're using technology. And not only that, it's um, do these kids understand why they have to be in the house? It's it's. It's too complex of a situation. Like, yeah, we can tell them, oh, it's a disease going, you know, an outbreak or whatever, mm-hmm. and we can't go outside. They don't really understand. Oh, I can't. I gotta wear a mask, or I can't be around my friends. Children like, are they're doing still it, trying they to. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're still trying to register the fact why can't I go to school right. versus and trying to on top of that, trying to translate their years of you know traditional classroom experience to now i gotta sit in front of a computer screen and do online imagine in december when that when they have to go back to school how that's going to how that's even going to have an impact on them now they're gonna want to play with their friends a little more because they haven't and think about it's almost been a year since they've been away from their peers and their teachers in the structure of a school yeah. And on top of that, there's got to be social distancing in the school. Come and that's on. not going to happen. Crazy <laughs> we have a guest. I'm sorry. You, oh, yeah, you yeah. Okay. 
but you're an essential worker, Elijah. So how Ooh. has it been? Yeah, during this pandemic, right? Sorry, we wanted to pull out our guest, and he's hearing us like rant and rave about this and get angry. Elijah, please enlighten oh, us, please. Um, as far as the essential working part, I, I feel as I feel as though um, it's been a, a very trying thing because you have so much going on. You got so many people coming in, coming in and out in one space, and mm-hmm. you still got to worry about yourself. Right. And as far as my job as an essential worker, as in a grocery store, um, I didn't had uh, you know COVID run rampant as far as employees, not just regular people employees. Oh. And you still had to come still, to still work there, and show up. Right. People, was that scary for you though? I mean, kind of, sort of, but I would say, you know, you got to still get the job done. You got to do that, what you got to do. That, you know, and people depending on it. So I feel like, yeah. you know, it's bigger than what people think it is as far as, you know, a grocery store worker, hospital. Anybody with the tag essential is important, no matter what you do. I don't care if you're a janitor in the school. Just, Absolutely. That's you still important. you still putting your life on the line. The smaller jobs, I feel like you still putting your life on the line to some degree. Yes, you are. No matter what you're doing. And there was a whole conversation about the world having to now lean on those who are making less mm-hmm. pay. Those who didn't have the big titles and the fancy, you know what I mean? Like the essential worker doesn't look the same across the world. And I yeah. think they're finally identifying that. It's it's considered the little people. And I'm, you're not the little person, but don't believe, don't, right, I'm right. not saying I'm that. Not. But the idea of these are those Even who are, who are right, the hourly workers. Mm-hmm. They it's, are it's those who depend on the benefits of their, their job. Like you, like, in order to, you know. The wrong touch could kill somebody nowadays. If you really think about it, like the wrong, you, I'm sorry, the wrong touch. Like if oh, you have, okay. you know what I mean. Even though, as young people, I mean we're all pretty young here. I'm not sure. Okay, you're yeah, young, sure. Jolie. Yeah. I'm not sure. sure. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> 45 and under. Anything over that, anything over that, I holler. At 45, y'all feel but, young. Um, what I'm saying is, basically, like I'm not turning down no stimulus money. But I feel like those essential workers, they need to they need to cut that check for them because yeah. oh, for sure. they for sure. gotta cut that check for them. Because I'm I'm looking at them, I'm like, for sure. I don't know if I could do what you do, like, like you said, janitors or anybody. Because nowadays, it's like if you forget to wipe something down, if you don't do it correctly, like that could be the difference between somebody getting contracting this or not. You know exactly. what I mean? Um, it's just. It's and there's crazy. pressure. There's pressure from you so from the outside pressure. community mm-hmm. to make sure everything like the right. grocery store right. and store, you know, other stores are clean. I would yeah. tell you and, when you I know, would go shopping during this pandemic, I wouldn't even ask the employees anything. If I had to find something, I don't want to bother them because yeah. there's people. Yeah. Like, I don't yeah, like there's people that yeah. went into markets real rude. Like, where is this stuff? Why and don't do y'all got anything in the tissue was And it's like that's not their fault. was high. And I mean, I feel like it can make essential workers, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it can make essential workers feel like, well, everybody life matters but mine. Like, yeah, yeah. I got to go to work, you know. I've seen a few essential workers on strike for that very reason and going, our lives matter, too. And we should also be protected. We should also have quality masks and sanitizer in our stations and mm-hmm. access to you know Elijah mm-hmm. you can speak to that more than, oh, than me but yeah. I've seen I, it on the news I just, and I've read about I it I just think that um, like it's just showing you know the smaller people are the ones that contribute to big business I think that's what it's showing yeah. like the, yeah. especially the bigger corporations it's showing that the smaller people are the ones that push your big business even though you don't see them and they nameless they're still the ones that you know keep it running because without them you can't you can't keep the you know the whole situation running but all just with the you know the restaurants and the bailouts and things like of that nature, it's been a lot going on with that. And 
I feel as though as an essential worker, you know, you want more. You still want the stimulus pay. You want your yeah. regular pay. And you want more, like I said, because you're putting your life on the line. Absolutely. And then, you you know, you have people. Not only not only that, too. Like, you putting your life on the line. But what you putting your life on the line, you also are putting your life on the line. And you're expected to take care of everybody else at the same time. Yep. I walked into Walmart and this lady, I was bringing my stuff up. And she was giving me an attitude. I said, man, I ain't even worried. Because at the same I was like, I I don't know if I could be doing what she's doing. Like she was giving me an attitude and I was like, I don't know what happened before she I got here. I know it had nothing to do with me, but at the same time it was like I couldn't even be mad at her. You know? right. Like I couldn't even I couldn't even like feel no kind of way about what she was doing because it's like y'all expected to perform under these circumstances. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't even I, know I, if I would have stayed in my job. I, I think it's I think it's um is major is major pressure, and then if you factor in um you know the social the social injustice movement mm-hmm. going on at the same in the time of, of, of a COVID the COVID pandemic. With, yeah, we were just talking about with, that. That was our last with um report. you know the riot and looting going on. People were scared. I still had to work through all that through the mm-hmm. through the riot and looting, and it happened at my at my job, but not um in my job. So all around us, it was all going on. Right. Like oh, yeah. while people was at work, mm-hmm. so. He was, you know, living in fear with that. You know, I got to go to work. You don't know what can happen to you at work. Yeah. Yeah, and even with the... It's a good that you mentioned the riding and looting because even with that, in Philadelphia, uh, for specifically, violence was still, you know, increasing. I think at one point it, you know, was stagnant or it decreased a little bit, yeah. but it was still running rampant. So when you factor in... The Black Lives Matter movement, the rioting mm-hmm. movement. When you factor in the pandemic, mm-hmm. when you factor in the fact that we only got twelve hundred dollars, some people got unemployment checks, money. but twelve hundred dollars <laughs> to live off of for because, months. Right. And right. then when you factor in uh, the pandemic, Don't yeah, unemployment. When you factor in all these other things, why do you guys think that violence still happened? Like some people, mm-hmm. I mean. I'm, was you know probably thought oh well people supposed to be staying in the house why people aren't staying in the house yeah. but it's like yeah I think I can chime on so, that too. yeah yeah you go ahead you go ahead um I think like like you said you got you got so much going on with money still you got stimulus you got that right. you got COVID nineteen you got social injustice with black you know Black Lives Matter and mm-hmm. political mm-hmm. things going on you got the president right. he out got, the chain you, you have mm-hmm. that <laughs> then you got just basic summertime it's hot people get bothered hot and bothered. Yeah, people, yeah. Then people want to go outside. <laughs> I didn't bother. Oh, God. Yeah. In summertime, usually <laughs> the violence do rise up. Okay. That's, okay. That, okay. Like then you that's got normal. entanglement. Listen, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Continue. You, you got to just make it something too. The, a, mm-hmm. big, a big part of this, too. Because if you ever talk to somebody, like, I got, I got brothers, I got cousins that just, like, notoriously, like, just live in a street consistently, right? And they don't leave, a lot of them don't leave their block. Mm-hmm. So all this stuff that's going on that's happening it's not going to change their everyday life. Mm-hmm. Like, right. honestly, you talk to them about this stuff and they just like, like, people die every day. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, this is not, mm-hmm. like, a, this is not, like, um, anything significant to them. Like, they kind of just live Which their life. You go to the corner store around the corner, like, don't nobody wear no masks. They're not wearing no masks. They haven't been wearing any masks. Like, they're not going to. It has a clear-cut sign on the store that says, because don't the come business in here without your mask. The business has to. Sure, yeah, but at the same time, it's like, yo, yeah. they'd they be like, yo, we face death every day. Like, so to us, it's just like, it's almost like they become numb to everything. Like, but I think yeah. I, I hear them saying that, and I don't, I don't agree or not agree. But I think it's interesting to watch 
small, like, we were talking about this in another conversation I was having about gun violence and the fact that children, we're finding out more that children are getting caught in whatever beefs are going on and mm-hmm. they are dying at the hands of these angry people who need to get out, who were stuck in the house for so long, who having hardships with money, who are trying to protect their territory. Children are being killed every day. So there are many families and parents who come the fall won't have their baby to help online. They won't be going to nobody's school. They are gone because of gun violence. So I think it's a serious matter. I think in our black community, I know many smaller communities are addressing it, but it's still it's still an issue. Like, what what are we doing next? Because I, I refuse, and I know I would be very, very heartbroken, and if I had a young person who was no longer with me that I loved and cared about, rather than my own or not, not be able to get and appear at, on their Zoom, if that makes sense. Where's little so-and-so? Whatever that may mean. And I think it's hard for a parent to have to tell the school, and I'm just bringing it back to that, that my child will no longer be with or we don't we no longer need information about education my baby's no longer with us so and i think that's really hard and i think as much as folks are like we see death every day it's whatever i ain't wearing no mask the last thing i want to see is somebody because they're taking their life for granted now risk mine and risk my child's rather it's by not wearing your mask and not staying sanitized or by a gun i'm not dealing with either one of them we're gonna have a whole problem I don't want to get into that on podcast, but I just think it's very hard to watch these families lose some, lose a small person. I know, I know death happens every day. We lose someone very near and dear to their heart, and they have to later learn that there's nothing they can do about it. Their baby's not coming back, whatever. And then you hear somebody, not for nothing, you hear like some clown in the neighborhood go, death happens every day. Or whatever else they say when beef is happening and bullets is flying. Um, I know in New York, they're having a lot of like, um, visuals? Is that what they're called? What are they called? For the, like, candle lighting? I'm Vigil. sorry. Yeah, memorials. Some more, yeah, yeah. Whatever, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, that is sad. Like, that to me, like, we, we do more for that than we do graduations. We do more for that than we do pushing kids to go to their next step. Um, and I just think that's, that's hard to hear. That's hard to hear. Um, I wanted to get everybody's opinion, bringing it back to Dominique being a graduate student about higher ed. Because there are many essential workers in places like that as well um, that are finding themselves being laid off and furloughed, but faculty members, let's just say, are not, not at a higher rate than you're seeing staff members and janitors and dining services losing their jobs because they don't know if students are coming back. So they're now shrinking um, the employees on, the, on a campus because students are not returning. There's going to be hybrid. There's, you know, they're waiting to December and that sort of thing. We are all... Um, you know, Temple alum and Temple is finding themselves making that decision as well. And many are finding themselves um, furloughed in some way, shape or form. So I just wanted to get you guys thoughts about that just because essential workers are in all different places. And I think many of those also young or um, family, you know, employees who come from maybe low income communities are looking for those jobs to be available to them in the fall as well. Excuse me, August, August is now, August, September, whatever. And many are being told, no, we no longer need your services. Our students will not be returning to campus. Like, how does that make y'all feel? What if that was somebody in your family who put in their pension, have been working at a university for as long as they can remember, and then being told their services are no longer needed? I think that when you take a job, you don't, you don't 
think about things like this happening. You don't. Um, and I don't put the responsibility on the um, person or family to necessarily um, have, I mean, yes, apply for more jobs, have something to fall back on, but it should be the university um, responsibility to at least give them an additional position. Universities mm -hmm. make how much off of us off of our students yeah, like yeah, you got budget, a, a so. campus like a school like temple got thousands of students even campuses in across you know the nation or the country have thousands and thousands of students making thousands and millions and millions of dollars but gotta lay off a person um who may have been working there for a couple years or not because of an unexpected situation that neither one of them um seen coming i think it should be the responsibility need to be on the we need to start holding our universities you need we need to start holding our um bigger you know higher corporations accountable for situations like this it's expected or is recommended for normal average family to have at least three to four month rent saved up why can't we hold these corporations or universities or, you know, districts or whoever accountable when stuff like this happen. We need family. We need money for these families to fall back on. Mm -hmm. So we're not just mm -hmm. leaving them out in the street. So violence will continue to happen if we continue to do that. Mm -hmm. I think it's a part of the system. I think, um, I really think they thrive off of that. Not only like Philly, but like different cities, they need violence to happen. I truly believe that. I feel like things don't operate for them correctly if the violence doesn't happen, if there isn't crime, if there isn't different things like that. Mm. I think that's the Because they need the prisons full. Exactly. So, and that is, yeah, that's a bigger conversation. I'm sorry, yeah. go ahead. I'm, no, I'm just saying, in general, like, I'm, I just know white kids in different neighborhoods that are able to do so much more, um, get away with so much more. I'm just like, these kids that I knew when I was growing up, these white kids that I knew, they was doing like the craziest stuff, like the craziest drugs, the craziest things, and they would know, like they were not getting reprimanded for it at all. Like it was just whatever. And they know it. The yes, universities know it, the police it. know it, but they will lock up the local drug dealers um, because of it, but I saying that you should lock up people that's actually doing it, but hold people accountable. It's just modern day slavery, if you ask me. What? Oh, the prison system. Absolutely. Okay, okay. It's a way. Uh oh, that's another to topic. Them, to, hold, so how, to hold and restrict people. That's a good point. School to prison pipeline. So yep. how will COVID affect? This school, how will COVID play a part in the school to prison pipeline? Is going to well, make think it. About it. I don't want to be. I don't want to be insensitive. I'm sorry to like COVID. Um, I had two grandparents that passed away during this time to COVID, but I'm starting to believe like it's something bigger behind behind this whole thing than what's actually going on. Something bigger. Yeah. You out here about to throw some conspiracies on this planet? Nah, I'm not um, a conspiracy um, theorist, but I just like. I just feel like it's more than what we can see, honestly. As far like as the that. virus itself? I just feel like there's something else behind it. I just don't feel like it's just that. It has to be something else that comes with it. Well, um, mm -hmm. we didn't get on politics, but the, the challenge is, that's, the challenge is, 
the response to COVID, how the United States played a role in things coming out and testing being slow, and in certain communities, folks in line for mm-hmm. I can't remember what that city was what city this was. But, but remember the health the health um, systems let's and be honest, like when has the United States ever been behind on something? Like, let's just be I, honest. I think it's all terrible as far as the way the United States handled the whole thing. I you feel like so? it's terrible. Like we got a president that thought it's, it was fake. I think it was it's done terrible. on purpose. He said it was I think it was done purposely. <laughs> just terrible. I'm not being. I, I think it was done purposely. But have you guys seen those lines for the testing sites in some of the inner cities? It's been quite ridiculous. Well, and I just, of course. And it takes them like two, like a couple of days just to get the yes. results. So you're talking. Now I'm out here. Not me per se, but if it was me, I'm out here. I'm in line for like four to five hours. I get tested. I don't find out for a week straight. Your job can't, you, you can't go back to your job until you get the right. results. Right, I have to self-quarantine. I need to, go, yeah, I have yeah, to get the results. You can't go back to your job. Then again, depending on what the results are, mm-hmm. I have to share that with my job. So now already, I'm, now I'm sharing my health information with my job. And I then you got to get a doctor to clear you. A doctors ain't out here with their regular hours. They out here not answering phones. They know who they are out here in the world. They're not answering their phones. They're not available because they too are doing the same thing. Going in and out of quarantine, depending on what the hell they're doing. And now the cycle is, is all over, right? Yep. We just, yeah. This, it, it became very political very fast. We had our leaders get on TV and tell us they thought it was a hoax. They didn't have, they didn't have the money for it. They think the state should like figure it out and they got money and, you know, and it just, it just seemed very it. selfish. To, to put into testing and a lot of the... the, the you, uh, but a lot the of people... Come on. Like, we got to be smarter than that. You think they don't have money for that testing? They do. Cut it out. And a lot of, a lot of insurances don't even... I just had a friend who just got tested. Okay. And she had to pay out of pocket $100 something dollars and because And it's funny because insurance they told insurance companies... All of you have to accept, you know, COVID testing must be free. At least that's what we were told on TV. When we were looking at our leaders, we were told all COVID testing would be free. And it sounds like your friend had well, a cost of some sort because her here? provider yeah. did not. Well, I know in D.C., when I went to D.C., like, what was that? Last week or the week and a half? It was free. free. It was free testing. At, like, you didn't, they didn't even ask you for, for money. I think that's okay. when you go to the site, but I think she went to maybe a hospital. Uh, her doctor, okay. because okay. most of us, you because know, what site are we had going to? to? We don't yeah. know about and the site. We're going to, to our doctor, um, our primary doctor. She had to get... I don't know whether she had to get a referral or not to get tested, it's but she had to get, like, she had out. symptoms, so she had to self-quarantine, right. and she had to go, like, I, get, feel, I think that's still big business, like, of course. like it's something it's you can't, this, this something you can't control, so why I can't just get it for free? I don't care right. if you're my primary physician or not. This mm-hmm. something we, nobody can control, and it's a worldwide thing, so why I can't go for free and see you, and you can mm-hmm. just get me tested, so that can help the, you know, the regular people in the United States. Yeah. Need, people need to get tested, like, if people need if people need money or you know these free testing sites, everybody not getting tested for it. Mm-hmm. Especially in probably the urban community. I know. Right, for most folks sure. get tested and sit home. I haven't gotten tested. I know for sure. Because where not, is that? There, there are people. This is strange to me. I I, I don't understand COVID. There are people I who I know specifically that literally had not a half a symptom, and they tested positive for this thing. What's going on? Because you apparently you can get it without what? system, yeah, without can, symptoms. You can look fine and still have it, like perfectly fine. Well, and I think that's the bigger challenge when we think about our our, our kids is that they can be carriers or you be asymptomatic 
and some of the teacher, you know, teachers and teacher unions, they're arguing that they are in fear because why is our life being put at risk and there's a possibility of the children yes. and the spread of it. And they're saying because COVID at one point was just, uh, it was affecting those who are older. So those were 35 plus. Many of the teachers older. are concerned. Mm -hmm. So my thing is this too. Like when you do restart these schools, right? You could have one kid that may have, may have contract, contracted the virus, right? You go into the school, he's playing, he's doing whatever he's doing. Now, kids are being ten, kids. Now, ten people have it. You know mm -hmm. what I mean, ten people got it. Twenty people have it. The they teacher go got it. Feelings, you know what I mean? Got a self quarantine. It just, all it, it takes is for one person to have it. That's why I don't think this going back to school thing is I, until I they get under any control. I don't think that's good neither. Because you, like you said, children being children, they're gonna be children. They're gonna be children. So what are we gonna do? Police children. They're gonna touch each other. They, 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 that's exactly what they're gonna they're do. Gonna I can, children. I can foresee it. See? I can foresee see, them see. having <laughs> strict policies Real on strict. self, on um, uh, social distancing with children, getting children in trouble, writing children up, teachers in fear of their life, writing them yes, up, yes, calling yes. Yes. team, and then and all the rats and principals. And then what? And then they're going to home. have to go home. They're going to have strict, I can foresee it, they're going to have strict policies. That's why I'm glad you mentioned school to prison pipeline because they're going to have strict policies. And that's why I said, how does this affect that our children's the futures? The policies will affect it. That the policies will. That's the answer. The policies that are made in the schools to keep kids in line, to protect the staff and the teachers, that's how it's going to, that's how it's going to work. Mm-hmm. That's how it's gonna work. They're gonna have the lunchroom section off. You gotta stand here. Mm -hmm. Oh, a child got out of line and went to this mm -hmm. table. They not up. Oh, you gotta no, go upstairs. They friends. See, that's the thing too. They People don't realize. I'm gonna be honest with you. Fifty percent. I will say about fifty percent of school is social. It's not only just about education and what yeah. you learn. It's the social interactions that you get with other children. And children are going to be so, children. I mean, exactly. So to me, people, people want children <laughs> to be robots. They want them to sit there with yeah. their hands folded. That's what the whole thing is with this online instruction. Yeah, is that that's what they think they are? Mm -hmm. Like I can only and then with technology, like with that, like you said, with the children with technology, like you don't you don't have um you know everybody don't have that same thing at home. Everybody don't have the money for that. Yeah. So even um, you know the public school system was giving the, all the computers. I had like to that. buy a laptop. So, so they was giving them all the kids. But at the end of the day, like you said, but the kids didn't have access to internet. How, how much? How <laughs> you got that too? And then how much time will the kids actually focus on that? When like you said, you don't have teachers there, and you don't have people there, and you don't got nobody to come in front of. Working. Oh, can you do this? Can you do that? You need to do your work. You need to do this. And then you they're still, gonna ask a big brother or sister. I'm gonna, give, I'm gonna give kids a max, maybe forty five minutes to an hour a day that they a will day. actually focus on that. That's number one. And number two, what you said, which is really important, Elijah, was about. Thank you, Elijah. The, um, for being with us today. The laptops and stuff, right? <laughs> so now that this COVID and everything has been happening, like. From what I knew, when I first went to my school, they was like, kids was like, yo, I don't have this and I don't have that. Oh, we don't have any laptops for you. Like, you're going to have to make it work. Now, they're just, every student at my school has a, uh, what's it called? A Chromebook. A Chromebook. Mm -hmm. Every student has a Chromebook. I'm like, where did these where just come from? Y'all said y'all ain't have these. Y'all have, have the Chromebooks. They came out of nowhere. Yeah. Ta-da. No, I'm joking. <laughs> but meanwhile, the, the, the. The computers in the school are outdated. This is also telling me that they and don't donated. Software. <laughs> this is also teaching me that they, they got their money. They, they could have the invested way more in the children than yeah. they than they were before, but now they're doing it. 
But they could have invested a lot more in these children than, they, than what they were. So that's that's also in I, I think discouraging. The, the plan the plan for schools opening back up is just terrible because you mm-hmm. you got kids well as well as uh, the faculty. They both have to you know go there, and then kids gonna be kids like I said. Like with the mask, not gonna take the probably take the mask off after two seconds. They can't breathe. What about kids with asthma? They want to touch each other, (laughs) have fun, and things like that. That nature. And then you still got those children going back to their homes. Then you got those teachers going back to their homes. Then you have to worry about everybody in the house, their children, their family. You don't know how many people got. Kids probably live with their grandparents. Exactly. (laughs) So many people in one household, and you don't know. You know what they bringing back home. So that's a bad thing. Yeah. It's too many probabilities and possibilities with them going back to school. It's a big conversation. I think COVID has put things in perspective for us. It has forced um uh, it has forced people who how can I put this? I'm sorry. I'm I'm drawing a blank, but I got it. It's like right there. Um it's forced a lot of us across this nation to take a closer look at the things that we thought were working, that we thought were we can slow, like slowly take our time to improve going, this needed improvement a long time ago. Everything from how education is taught, that tra- tra- ah, the traditional way is not the only way in which children can be taught. But if we started from when they were very young and having a hybrid approach and not having kids in from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. or 8 a.m. to 3 p.m., every day and had them doing other things that involve technology, that had them outside, that had them doing individual work as well as social, we would see a difference mm-hmm. in how the student is interacting and how successful they are now. And because, just like you said, with, right. um, like you said, what they say like tech savvy with the kids. Mm-hmm. I have a nephew myself, so I see him on every every application, every video game. He know all you know all those things is easy for them. Okay. But when it comes to a PowerPoint or like you said, a Zoom call, right. they don't understand. They, they will not understand because education has slowly decided they will get to it when they get to it. And it is what it is. We are educators. We have and people this, who champion education and love mm-hmm. learning. And a lot of people who are educational leaders think, well, it worked for me, so they go back to their old ways. Jackpot. There it is. Yep. I like that. Mm-hmm. I it worked that. for me, so it's going to work for them. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching on a Zoom class the other day. It was our last Zoom class of July. And these kids are talking to me. They're like, one kid's like, I love this. The other kid's like, this ain't really for me, Mr. K. Like, I don't really like this. Like, other kids, like, mm, sometimes I like it. I Sometimes I don't. Mm. They're all giving me different opinions. So it's just like, how do you tackle all the needs of all these different children? Mm-hmm. Is it, somebody's going to be left out. Somebody's going to be left behind. If we um, taught young people how to learn, like, not just be in school, but what it means to learn, this would be very different. It's a, Then that's a larger conversation for education. How do you teach children to love learning? In various ways of learning, as opposed to going to school. Going to school, yeah. they also teach you. I feel like they teach the kids how to memorize stuff a lot too. Not necessarily how to, how to pass learn tests. Yeah, how just to pass tests. Repetition, like, just repetition. Yeah, it's how to memorize things. Like, you know what I mean? Like, honestly, I went to certain schools and I was like, I didn't learn no much more than what I did before I got there. Mm-hmm. My mm-hmm. whole high school experience was that. We didn't even have exams, really, except the Keystone. I could agree. It's been times, like, in high school, for me personally, that I would pass a test based off memory. Not that I knew the information or retained information, because after a week go by, it'd be gone. But I think that's the expectation of the teacher, unfortunately. Of the instructor. Because they have to... Because they haven't learned 
I don't want to say they haven't learned this. They may have, right? And higher ed is where they are learning these tactics. Let's just be clear. If they don't get a chance to reinforce the thing that they've learned in school, I'm talking about the educators, the new educators. If they are being, getting a lot of pushback from their districts on what yeah. and how to teach, once you get into those classrooms, you find yourself, too, being a robot. And you, you depend on your social, your relationships with the students and then your love for learning to build relationships with them. Sometimes yeah. the curriculum is not included in that. It's just the relationships. And Kelly, you're, you know, you are yeah. an instructor. There was a couple of times. There was a couple of times during this summer um, where I thought I was going to have to, like, adios. Because I was like, listen, this is not working for my kids. Like, I'm on the Zoom calls with him or with her. And I know that this is not working for this particular child. Right. Or this is not working for him. Which impact, impacts it. you, yeah. I got to adjust it because, and I have to make it conducive to all the children i can't just make it conducive to one particular student that you have in mind um mm-hmm. it's just not it just doesn't work it's, it doesn't work and we need to have more um well-rounded curriculum it, it, it can't just that be, involves learning and not yeah. just school i think it's like they they honestly uh, the way they're attacking like even trainees it's like are, do you really think like the kids are robots like do you really think they're going to be able to sit here for this long to do this they don't like it. They don't want to do it. Um, and that's a big thing. Is you force them with, to do it. Yeah. I think that's showing, like, the gaps in the education system. Yeah. Like, with this, it's showing the gaps. Like, the big gaps of what are they really doing in school? Mm-hmm. Like, what are you really learning in school? If, with, you know, the technological era from mm-hmm. when when I was a kid, using the, uh, with the old Big Mac, like, in the 90s. Yep. From where they pushed. They still got that projector. They rolling out. To, to MacBooks. <laughs> But even even in my my school time, we had old old in my public school system. We had older older books mm-hmm. from like the nineties. You know, you check the back of the book. It's a couple people. Your auntie in there with her name. Exactly thirty years ago. <laughs> when, you, when you graduate high school? Two thousand thirteen. Oh yeah. Thirteen. Yep. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think the progression the progression of technology with these kids, like I feel like they need to like associate that more in school. They they don't really do that because I was still learning about a book by the time I graduated. It was still book, you know, a couple computer essays, PowerPoints, stuff like mm-hmm. that, and you know Microsoft Word. But yeah, that's about it. Did you guys hear about the young lady? I believe she was a was of color. Don't quote me on that. Mm-hmm. But she was um, she was put into jail for not completing her homework. Yeah, she was black. She was black. She, that was, wild. she was black. Okay. They recently released her. Like, that I saw wild. the news uh, yesterday. Again, today's August 3rd. I saw on the 2nd that they she, she was released sometime this week. But isn't that crazy? I couldn't mm. believe it. I was like, what? To the many kids who out here just pressing whatever, and they parents and big brothers and sisters doing work for them? I ain't trying to be funny, but where the parents at? Like, who wouldn't have jumped on that and like, my baby ain't going nowhere? That's wild. But think about it. I mean. That's wild. That's the policing. That is really wild. That's the policies you create. Like yeah. 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 So, I mean. I can go into a whole rabbit hole about how the participants I uh, work with, um, their experience in school and the fact how they ended up in the criminal justice system. Um, I can go into, you know, that's a whole different conversation, school right. to prison pipeline. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's going to open up a whole can of worms um, going having students go back to school and even mm-hmm. if they continue online learning how it would affect them the next grade level students that's transitioning from 8th to ninth grade transitioning from high school to college yeah the um, transitions are transitioning from kindergarten to first grade like Aww, how will 
<laughs> I was saying how the same will thing. they? Um, I'm concerned. How will you? You know, like you said, go to the next grade. Like yeah. I didn't understand that neither. Like right. I couldn't. I wouldn't Socially, be able to, how is that? students that got to take the SATs. The oh, how how will that uh, affect them? But. I think those large transitions are going to be the tough ones, right? The, the the middle school to the high school, the high school to the college. I think I think there should be a study done on that on, mm-hmm. on the effects of COVID nineteen in transition. Next if, years. Yeah, if, if researchers, educators, all y'all out there, listen, and, and myself included, I think it's a great conversation and something to explore. Um, mm-hmm. But again, we you know we're gonna kind of put a stop a little bit to this, put a pin in it for now. And going that COVID has definitely affected our lives, our communities, everything from education to the violent, the crimes, politically, how we see the world, every testing. Are we being, do we feel safe going in and out of the world in which we live in? Um, how is it affecting our families every day, our children's social and emotional growth for those students who need support in the schools? How is that affecting them? I mean, there's just a ton. Kind of things and COVID has stopped us all in our tracks. Like it ain't. A, I feel like COVID is not a person. So let me be clear that it sounds like I'm saying COVID like a person who out here just making it happen. COVID is not the hitman. It is a respiratory <laughs> disease or illness or however you want to call it that is affecting our nation. And I think everybody has a responsibility to themselves and to those around them to just stay safe, wash your hands, please keep this mask on. I mean, it is what it is, right? Get you a nice one that fits your face and do what you need to do. But we have to wear them because we have to protect each other. And as far as our children, I'm, I'm rooting and praying for our children as they walk into these schools, as they do not return to school until December and November and all that jazz. I just think it's important that we understand this is a conversation that we're going to need to have very often and in our communities and in our families and educate our young people on what this is like because it's going to affect them. This will affect them in a year. It will affect them in five years of what it was like having this lag of social and emotional and educational growth. Um, so it's a conversation. It's a conversation. But as we wrap up, his and her roots, others of the black experience. I want to thank Elijah for coming on board and talking and being a voice to the essential worker, being a voice to um, someone who graduated and prospered in Philly and the yes. challenges that go along with being in the educational system in the inner city. Um, of course, Dominique and Khalif. We're always on it. We always challenging each other um, and speaking um, about um, our own experience and how it affects us. And again, for all of you out there who are listening, let's continue the conversation. Follow us. Um, we're on Spotify, Apple Music. Please follow our His and Her Roots, un- His and Her underscore Roots on Instagram. We'll be posting this podcast as well as just having uh, polls and just some dialogue and research that we would love for you to to read and let's follow those stories about our young people who are hurting every day and if we can give and support those families let's do it any last words oh my God. yeah y'all right yeah, no okay. thank you for listening um we'll hear you guys or um stay tuned for the next episode yeah all right we yeah. out <laughs> thank you elijah again oh no problem peace and love everyone all right